0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Podcasts on Fifth Ave, and happy Thanksgiving. We hope wherever you're listening, you're having fun and eating tons of food. But we're here to help talk about penguins and give you that fix. So it's me, Jordan, as always, with Taylor and Jenna. How's everybody doing? Good.
2: Doing well. Yeah. Back on the East Coast, finally.
1: Yeah. Not eating turkey. Mm -hmm. Not a big turkey fan. We were just talking about that. (laughs)
2: weird. Stuffing
1: for the win. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, stuffing. (laughs) Oh, I'm getting lustful. All right. Well, (laughs) the Penguins are also back down on, on this portion of the East coast in America. And they're, they're getting ready as we're recording to play the Canucks tonight, but they just wrapped up a pretty stellar trip to Canada going three and Oh, perfect. Unbelievable especially after the way that they were kind of struggling there the past couple of weeks, they were not, they were looking shaky. I don't think anybody was really ready to throw in the towel on the team yet, but there were some very blatant issues that they were having and those seemed to disappear. And we may have even mentioned this last week. They seemed to disappear with that Mike Matheson hit in the third period against the Sabres last week. And then from there, it was like switch flipped. And this is a totally different team. So there were definitely some more noteworthy highlights from the Canada trip, including Tristan Jari, who had himself a bit of a shutout streak going. And we were talking about just the history of Penguins shutout streaks. Taylor, clue us in on who's kind of up there in the top ranks.
1: Yeah, so Jari's uh, latest one, which includes um, Montreal, Toronto, then the first bit of, of Winnipeg, and then you know the carryover from the Sabres, uh, that is the fifth longest shutout streak in Penguins history at 161 minutes, 33 seconds. Jari holds the record, he, he was pretty close uh, to, it was 177 is where his record is, but um and he set that in the 1920 season. Before he set that, Thomas Vou was, was the record holder, which is kinda surprising. I don't think anyone would have picked Thomas Boukun. I mean his tenure here was kinda uh I guess you would say streaky, uh pretty rough at times, but I mean Fleury has mo- <laughs> like most of these records. Um and like the top ten, I mean Fleury has number three, 165 minutes, he has number four, 164 minutes, he has number six at 150 minutes. Um Jari also has the the uh number eighth number eight spot. He set that last season. Sebastian Karan up there, he has number seven. Um Caron has number eleven too, which is interesting because I mean Karan was here for some pretty bad times. Um the X Generation era. He did not set that in the X Generation oh. stage. But uh, you know, he was he was here for some bad times. Um, actually Wilkes emergency third goalie. Uh, up until this season, the past couple of years, they signed Karan uh, a couple of times, sit on the bench. Um, but yeah, so again, yeah, Flurry has a bunch, but yeah, Jari streak, pretty historic for uh, the organization. Jim Rutherford, by the way, at number 15, 132 minutes.
0: There he is. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, he he played excellent on this road trip. And even in the game... <clears throat> I I guess Tuesday night. Yeah. He, he still looked fantastic, even though he gave up that, that one goal, there was kind of a screen in front of him. There really wasn't much he could do on that one. Uh, And despite that, the screen, honestly, we do have to mention how well the team was playing in front of him because he did make some excellent saves, but in general, Penguins controlled a ton of puck the puck time, like zone time, and uh, the penalty kill needs to be mentioned because, holy crap, were they phenomenal while they were on the road. And they have been all season, but was was this the tri- – it all just kind of melds together. Is this the trip where they had to kill off a five-on-three? Which game was that? Was that the one on –
2: Toronto? Yeah, Yeah, it was Toronto. That seems that seems about right. It's
0: been a long (laughs) week. It has been, hasn't it? Oh my (laughs) lord! But yeah, the penalty kill looks really sharp all the time. For as much as the power play has struggled, the penalty kill has more than made up for it. Jenna, what do you attribute to the PK's success so far this season?
2: I think it was just with this group too. I mean, they knew how crucial this road trip was going to be. I want to say it was Jeff Carter that after the Sabres game, before they went to Montreal, basically said, we know kind of what's at stake here. I think he made it a point to say like how important this was going to be for the team in terms of getting things back on track. And they faced, you know, I take Montreal out of the equation a little bit because they're not, You know, yes, they were in the Stanley Cup final a year ago, but they're not fantastic by any means, like when you look at strengths of the league. But Toronto before the Penguins game had won ten of eleven. I want to say it was like five or six in a row. And then Winnipeg is also a really solid team. So you beat, you win three games. I mean, you dominate Montreal, but then you also win against two really good opponents especially one one opponent with a really solid netminder in Connor Connor Hellebuck for um the Jets so I think that you know this was something huge for them to build off of and I really Mm -hmm. think you know with the PK with the power play it really just goes back to them playing within the system I know we kind of always talk about that and we always hear from Mike Sullivan from the guys but this was something where they really consistently seem to play to their identity, which when they do that, you see a lot of success when they kind of, they're not trying to do too much. You know, we always hear Sullivan say they're gripping their sticks too much if they're putting some stress on themselves. But again, this is also the fact that they have so many guys back that are healthy. This is one of the first real times we've seen this team again, other than of getting Malkin, who's still recovering from surgery this is the first time this team has been healthy for more than Mm -hmm. a game. You've not seen that (laughs) switch out of the lineup every single night with COVID, with new injuries, et cetera.
0: And you mentioned how, you know, Toronto was on a quite, quite the streak and even Winnipeg is really good. And Winnipeg is a really difficult team to play in Winnipeg. Their, their arena is hostile and, The the fans just get so into it. And the fact that they went down early and first and were still able to keep their composure and come back and win the game the way that they did, it was super impressive. Taylor, we talked about Brian Dumoulin last week and how how he kind of looked (laughs) shaky coming back from COVID. Did you notice any type of improvement with him in his game or is he still kind of trying to find his legs?
1: I th- I mean Dumoulin's season as a whole even before COVID has been pretty underwhelming. Um uh, so I mean that, I think that's kind of what we're still seeing from him. I think conditioning-wise uh he, he, def- he definitely looked better. It's like that first game in in Washington, uh he he really looked slow. He and we talked about it, you know, last week that even when he talked after he sounded winded just <laughs> at the end of the 3-minute press conference. Uh, he sounded like he needed to catch his breath. So, uh, yeah, coming back from COVID, now that he has a full pra- a couple practices, he definitely looks better. But I, I think as a whole, Dumoulin's season pretty underwhelming. And I don't have the the numbers in front of me, the like the expected goals and shares. And uh, but I, I mean that kind of reflects it. So um, yeah, not he's still not where I think they want him to be. But I don't think COVID's really a factor anymore with him.
0: That's fair, and. You're right, because even before he went out, people were kind of all commenting on how he just doesn't look like himself. He he looks a little – I don't even know what word you would use. He, but it underwhelming is a really good way to describe his season so far. He just – he isn't being – the difference maker that we've seen him be in the past on the blue line and, and that's kind of unfortunate
1: yeah and I mean he's making some some bad decisions himself because I mean the the real strength of like the pairing with him and Letang. Letang is the guy that likes to take risks offensively and Dumoulin's kind of the more responsible guy that the balance out. out. but I don't think they're getting that as much from Dumoulin this year like, we talked about it after the the Washington game. Like, he looked slow, but he was also, like, he had a turnover that led to, I think it was Washington's third goal. That's not because of COVID. That's just him making a bad decision. Um, so I think that's really what where he needs to improve uh, at this point in, in the season. It, it, it's not really a, a conditioning thing anymore.
0: Yeah, hopefully he can kind of get his wits about him because you're right, there were a lot of moments... Especially in that uh, weekend skid a couple a couple weeks ago, where he was just a turnover machine. It was bad, and in his defense, a lot of guys were making really stupid passes, and they were trying to force the puck where they shouldn't have been. But overall, great run of games in Canada. Excellent, as as good as you could get. Uh, two shutouts, uh, one goal allowed total, and a total of six points out of, if my math is correct, three times two, <laughs> six, yes. So it's awesome, and hopefully, um, hopefully next week we'll be able to kind of keep this going. Let's take a break really quick, and when we come back we can talk a little bit more about how the forwards of impact play. We're back so the forwards in this road trip also had quite the impact on the on the games. Uh, let's talk about Jake Gensel a little bit because he has himself a point streak going. He has himself a goal streak going right now, but he also uh, has kind of a concerning tendency that he's been uh, leaning into this season, and that's leaning into goaltenders. But let's talk about the good stuff first. So. Taylor, let's let's get into his stat line. Do you, by chance, have his stats from from this last four or five games?
1: Um, not the first, the last four or five games, but I mean he is their leading scorer right now, fifteen points um, in uh, seventeen games, eight goals, seven assists. So um, yeah, I mean that's that's what you need to see from him because uh, yeah. he did kind of have a slow start to to the season so but he, mm-hmm. he has really picked it up uh, as of late i i don't think covid was was the reason for that slow start because like he wasn't symptomatic um yeah remember we asked him about it and he said he just read books about tiger woods and like got on the peloton right. so um it's not a COVID thing he just had a slow start to the season but yeah he definitely has turned it around
0: yeah, he's looking good jenna what do you see from jake that you like the most so far
2: um I did just pull up his stats cuz I wanted to make sure but yeah he has goals in at least the last 5 games And I I don't think it's any coincidence by any means that Sidney Crosby returns to the lineup and all of a sudden Jake Gensel can't stop scoring goals. I think those two really do seem to go hand in hand. I think also just the fact that, you know, there's finally consistency. And this is kind of what we said a little bit earlier, but again, this now, you know, the lines aren't being shaken up. Guys aren't playing with guys. They're not entirely used to playing. We were seeing, Uh, Gensel and Jeff Carter really develop some chemistry, but when a guy you've been line mates with for years, who's also just so happens to be number 87 comes back into the lineup, you're going to find success because you have those tendencies where they know where each other's going to be. They know where to go. They know, Hey, if you know, Sid's flying down the ice doing this, Gensel knows where he has to be in relative distance to Crosby. So all those types of things really do kind of seem to go hand in hand, but I think they just kind of also too, I don't want to, I feel like putting too much pressure and saying like, this was a huge road trip for them. But it was. This was a point in the season where they're like, all right, we have guys back. Now we really have to start putting things together because as much as guys all the time say, you know, we're not really looking at the standings. We're not really paying attention to where they are. They know they had to pick up points. They know they have to find ways to win games. You can't put together losing streaks and expect to stay alive, not only in your division, but in just the playoff race in general. And so I think you're really kind of seeing him you know, have – not that he didn't have confidence before by any means, but, you know, get in that, you know, uh, system where he's like, okay, this is what I'm doing, you know, get into that routine almost of this is how we play, this is how I find success. And, of course, when you're on a little bit of a hot streak, you want to keep it alive, you want to keep it going, and it just so happens that he's really finding the back of the net the way that he is in multiple ways. And a lot of them have been pretty nice too. I mean, some, you know, some are greasy. Sometimes you just have to get that, you know – not maybe not the prettiest of goals by any means, but anytime you can kind of just get on a roll, which I think we're seeing clearly Gensel do right now, it it bodes well for the confidence of him, his line. And then you see the trickle down effect where, you know, second, third, fourth line says, Hey, they're producing. We need to step up. We need to produce as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that's exciting to see, especially because we know what Jake is capable of and, He's such a fun hockey player to watch whenever he's on, and there is just such a chemistry between him and Sid that, oh, that that is just one of the most electric top lines in in the sport right now. It's it's super it's super fun. However, yes, he keeps running into goalies, and that's <laughs> not ideal. Taylor, what is he doing? What is he thinking? Can he please stop it?
1: Yeah, it's happened. What, three, four times? It happened mm-hmm. yeah. in in Winnipeg. I remember it happening uh against Florida at home and there was another time I can't remember. Um well, this was
2: It, it wasn't Montreal, was, was it?
1: It might have it might have been. I, it it's happened a lot like <laughs> recently in a short yeah. period of time, which is weird because that's not what you really expect to see from Jake Gensel. Um but yeah, it's he's not Playing dirty, and and Sullivan was asked about that at the morning skate um, after the morning skate on Wednesday. And he said, "I don't think there's any intent there, if that's what you're asking. You know, on Jake's behalf, he's not trying to bowl over the goalies. Um, and then Sullivan, he went on to say, he just has a nose for the net. He goes to the net. He's trying to score. Um, and there's no real intent on his part other than trying to get to the net, trying to increase his angle or his opportunity to finish in those areas. Um, he's a competitive guy. He's brave. He's willing." Uh, to go to the hard areas, willing to take cross-checks in the physical play uh, to try to score, which, yeah, that's what we've seen from Gensel. I remember um, after the Hornquist trade and everyone's like, who's going to be the new net front guy? And it was Jake. And uh, really from the beginning, he's not playing uh, that kind of role when he's there the same way Hornquist would, Um, like on the power play. He will stay there and like take cross checks, like Mike Sullivan says. But he's also, I think, you know, much more, he's much more agile than Patrick Kornquist, and he does move around the net well. And that's how he does get some of those uh, goals from that area. But, but yeah, he do, He is a guy that drives to the net uh, hard, and that's why we're seeing him bowl over goalies uh, accidentally. Um, I mean, sometimes you know it he gets his goaltender interference penalty, so it's not something you want to see keep happening. Um, but I don't know if there's much that can. He done about that because he's just driving to the net hard trying to score.
0: Yeah, he almost looks like an excited little kid who just like completely <laughs> loses control of their body because they're I don't even know what they're going after, but he he just really wants to score and he wants to create chances for his team and it it never even once has looked like he was head hunting for the goalie. He just no. he just is. Very excited. And that's, it's exciting to see, but at the same time, whenever it does result in being, you know, down a man and having to kill off a penalty, it's not, it's not ideal, but he's scoring a ton. We'll, we'll let it go for now as long as he can kind of get his skates under control. But he's not the only forward who is really uh, creating some buzz. I know Danton Heinen has been he's been really excelling in Mike Sullivan's system. Jenna, what do you attribute that to? Because he's he's no Jared McCann, but he's he's doing really well here and that's awesome. So what what's leading to his success?
2: Well, I just want to go on the record first and say that if we go back to the beginning of the season when we talked about the acquisition of Danton Heinen, I was a big proponent of if he can get to the level he was for the Penguins that he was with the Bruins, especially in their 2019 playoff run, he was going to have a lot of success and He's fine in the back of the net. Just there you go. playing. Um, no, but I mean, he's, he's, I think confidence is a huge part of his game, too, because when he's able to produce, you see him produce in spurts. And that was also something you saw with him in Boston when he was with the Bruins. But for him, I mean, he really is just finding ways. I feel like it is cliche a little bit, but he's finding ways to get to the net. He's finding ways to make plays, to keep the puck in the zone, to keep things alive in order for this team to continue to generate chances for him and his line to say, hey, we're going to go out there and we're really going to maintain zone time. We're going to maintain possession and we're going to keep it in the zone and get multiple chances on a shift, not just, you know, one or two and then, uh, you know, we're back to defending type thing. And I think he's been, you know, he's been phenomenal. He's been fun to watch also. He really has been um but he is somebody too that you know they needed him to score and I think early on it was a little bit of the fact that okay we're missing so many key guys who is going to step up but now you saw a little bit of a drop off nothing drastic but he's still one of the top goal scorers on this team I believe statistically I want to say like maybe second second
1: yeah, he is- uh he <laughs> the Penguins top three goal scorers um I mean Gensel is number one with eight and then Dayton nine, and then Evan Rodriguez are right behind with six uh, the
2: two, I've been aboard baller guys. <laughs> <laughs> so Mark it you heard it here first, people. This I
1: mean, so yeah, the two of them they came in what I think people are expecting them to both be like 13th forwards. Um yes. guys are being in and out of the lineup and, and look at where they are now. So yeah. um yeah, I mean again, but to, to your point about and really not surprising. I, I, I did pull up the numbers. Um his his most successful year in Boston in the regular season was seventeen eighteen, and he had uh, 16 goals and 31 assists and that was mostly on the on the third line and yeah. um those were good numbers but then you know he went and he was on a, a bad ducks team um his uh quality of competition over the the those last three years before this was in the 80th percentile um so he was playing against you know some of the top players in the league while the quality of his teammates on the ice was with him was in the lower third uh in the 33rd percentile so um bad teammates and he was being deployed against uh you know top top lines like I'm looking his most frequent opponents were you know the number one lines of the avalanche like they had a Skog McKinnon written in and, and the coyotes of like Schmaltz and Garland. So um he, his production did drop off after he left Boston but a- again you have to look at you know the situation so now that he is in like a, a better circumstance and he does have better Teammates, um, and, and he isn't really being deployed against, you know, top, uh, top lines. We are seeing, you know, that kind of production pick back up, but again, I don't think anyone expected him to be their number two goal scorer no. at this point in the season, um, even with the injuries the Penguins have had.
0: Mm-hmm. And the Penguins never needed him to be, a, it's excellent that he is one of their top goal scorers, but they didn't need him to be a top goal scorer. What they really needed him to be was depth and because they lost Jared McCann and Brandon Tanev in, in the offseason, somehow both to the Seattle Kraken. <laughs> I'm not still so bitter. I'll let it go. But it's excellent whenever you can see guys on third and fourth lines really stepping up. And, um, like, even Evan Rodriguez, yeah. Uh, Jenna, you've been talking about him all season. And he's been – he's. It, it just looks like anytime he gets the puck, in the opponents zone. like in in their own zone he just like makes a beeline through the neutral zone he's unreal like that he just is on a mission he's he's been really great too uh taylor is there anybody else that has stood out to you so far that's kind of surprising
1: I mean, Bluger, we're seeing more offense from Bluger, too. I mean, he has five goals to assist in 18 games. Um, I would say Zucker has stood out in not the best way. Um, We're still not kind of seeing the offense they were hoping to get from him when they made that trade, and he really hasn't looked that great overall. He did score in in, in Winnipeg, um, but before that, he really was having a pretty bad game, Um, you know, just making bad decisions with with the puck. Uh, So, yeah, I – I'd still I like could see zucker turn it around um but i mean his his numbers aren't awful but given like where he is in the lineup you know they 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 need more out of him for sure
0: yeah yeah it's great whenever you have depth pieces performing at a high level but you need the guys with the with the, the big contracts and the the money makers to be making themselves worth the money and i just don't i don't think he's been doing that. Mm-hmm. since he got here honestly and you know he got here right before the didn't he get here in 2020 no 2019 When time um, is not bef- real
1: before covid because yeah, i remember
2: before covid
1: okay yeah yeah but, but i remember it, when when covid started becoming a thing like in china and it was this affecting like the supply chains with the hockey sticks i remember going lent. around asking the guys like um have you heard about this? Because what, it it came out like that, like Eichel, I think it was in Buffalo was like almost out of sticks and he wasn't able to get any. So I was going around asking the guys like, what's your stick supply? Like, can you make it through the season? And Zucker was like the only one at the time who had like heard of COVID. And this was like a month before (laughs) everything shut down. A couple of them were aware of it, but he was really the only one that knew what it, what it was. I remember I asked like Dominic Cahoon about it. And he's like, the what virus um it was like (laughs) he blew his mind um only knew back then yeah but uh yeah sucker yeah no that was that was before covid
0: (laughs) crazy times crazy times let's take another break we'll be right back And we're back. We're all gearing up for the Olympics. And I think we're all pretty excited. I would say that we're excited for the Olympics. Yes. So yeah. So pumped. And one thing that we obviously love is aesthetics on this show. And we we love a good mustache. We love good goalie pads. And we love a good jersey. But we also love to to rag on terrible jerseys and there have been some jersey dumps lately including a jersey that looks like someone took a dump on it um (laughs) the 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 canadian team the finnish team and team america team usa are those the three uh, olympic
1: teams yeah, yeah those are the only three that have put out their their jerseys so far all right, thoughts. Let's open the floor. Taylor, what what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I I hate the U.S. USA ones. Um, I it's it's weird. It's like two shades of blue because the the US team they they wear like navy now, but there's also kind of like the royal blue in there. There are two blue jerseys. There's like a royal blue and a navy blue one, but they both have royal blue and navy blue, and I guess the royal blue is supposed to be like a throwback to like the 80s and i don't know like before you know usa put out these jerseys um if you look at like you know what the the people were tweeting at them like they really just want like the 1980 jerseys maybe like revamped or just brought back entirely is it hard
2: is it that hard to ask for is it yeah. that hard to ask for
1: <laughs> And and they Apparently. Parents, they come out with this. Like, and I honestly like reading the Twitter replies, like I haven't seen a, a reply or a quote tweet that says, like, oh, this is really nice. I like this. Like, everyone's kind of disappointed.
2: They're they're soccer jerseys. I like I tried to tweet they're this so, in the nicest yep. way possible, but mm-hmm. I was like, Christian Polistic's gonna look great in these because they're guitar. It's not Oh, it's just—it's not. It does like the hype video too. My God, it was amazing. <laughs> I'm like, let's go. These are gonna be great. There's shots of the 1980s jerseys, and then it's like, it like just put them on screen. I'm like, you're joking. You're joking. I I went. I, I was with My dad this afternoon, and I just was like, did you see the picture yet? He goes, no. And my dad's a diehard hockey fan. I just showed him. He looked at me. He goes, nope. No. Like, yes, it's so bad. It's so I, bad. Yeah, I,
1: I really don't like it. Um, <laughs> but, it's so bad. It's so bad. I don't know what
0: they were aiming for. I don't know what they had in mind that they were like, yo, this is our vision board for this jersey. But God, whatever it was, if it was that. <laughs> oh, God, it's so bad. It's just so bad. What is that? It's just <sighs> a block One block a horizontal thing with thin thin lettering
1: i am like idiot. the clashing blues like, terrible. it's terrible, terrible. it's and like pick one pick, pick, pick one blue <laughs> it's, you know it's not they, that hard
2: they show the emblem and i'm like this is gonna be sick if they had done the emblem is the big front like that would have been awesome yeah <clears throat> it's like a little it's a little up here it's just like there, you had so many better options. I mm-hmm. forgot if it's with you guys or who I say this with, but there needs to be a millennial or there needs to be somebody under the age of like 32 <laughs> in every boardroom whenever decisions are made because that one millennial would have looked at this and been like, yeah, that ain't it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. No. It's not even a swing and a miss. They just watched the ball lob itself over the plate and were like, that's good enough yeah just awful garbage oh my god they're terrible and that's that's what our country is putting out there into the world again like we're already you know at least second if not further down like a third maybe behind canada and russia like and we're we're gonna put out
1: those lame ass jerseys. Like n- nobody's gonna take us seriously. Come on, they're hideous. Even like yeah, <laughs> because the, the women are wearing those too. And like even the U.S. women have kind of been disappointing. Like, you know they've been doing like these friendlies over the last year. And um, I mean, what the last time we had a not this past Worlds, but the one before that, like um, Canada didn't even uh wasn't even in the gold medal game. So that one should at least be like on the women's side should be interesting. Um. You know, but uh, they're going to be not looking great while they while they do it. Can, so while that has like a zero percent approval rating, Canada seems to be fifty fifty. I love Canada's. I think it's so sick. Yeah, I love it. But then like a lot of the replies were mixed. I quote tweeted it and I said like, okay, these are these are awesome. I I, I think what I get because but I think it's the homes or or the black ones. They have like an all black with red and then they have like the away that's like the normal white with the red and then their third is red with the black. It, It seems like a lot of people don't like black, like why is Canada incorporating black as like a major color. I think people don't like that. And then the other issue people have it with it is like the logo the maple leaf itself on the center because it kind of looks like a seashell. Uh, (laughs) Okay, calm down, everybody. (laughs) I I like it. Uh, I didn't have a problem with the logo, but... um, Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like Canadian's pretty mixed on it.
2: Yeah. Interesting. Well, I guess...
1: Yeah. Go ahead.
2: Oh, no, 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 go ahead. I was going to say that was a seashell.
1: (laughs) Yeah,
0: and that... I think Jesse Marshall was the one who said it first, and I was like, why did you put that out there? Now I can't unsee it. Yeah, but I th- I think that the black is just so clean. Yeah. It's like the very minimalistic outline on the seashell. It's just yeah. ooh beautiful. <laughs> like, oh, I love that. And so they Canada, USA, the um, and then Finland too. Those are those are. Finland
1: is like 100% approval rating from what I've seen. Like USA, objectively garbage. Canada's pretty mixed. But like no one, I haven't seen anyone complain about Finland. Um, I don't know if they have a third. They haven't put it out if they have. Um, They only had that that first one um, where they're modeling the the home and the away. But yeah, it's like um, the solid blue. And then there's like a a royal blue stripe with with their logo. I think Finland's like logo is really cool. Um, Yeah, What is that? It's, uh, it's a lion. Um, so nice. I don't know why they're the lions. Um, but, you know, like, that's what they call... Whatever. Other, other countries have that, where, like, their national teams have a name. Like, the yeah. Finns are the lions. Um, like, that's what their national team name translates to. Um, the, the junior team, they call the little lions in, in, in <laughs> Finnish. I love that. Like, Sweden, they're, like, the three crowns. Um, USA doesn't have, like, a name. Uh but so they don't have like a cool logo i mean they have that shield but finland yeah they got the lion and then the um the the white jersey just the same it's just white with that same uh logo but i i love it's it all you need oh. it's gonna look yeah. great in it uh. and like the little
0: royal blue like it's yeah. Just so nice. yeah it's really nice the fact that they only chose one blue really nice <laughs> like that They they're decisive over there apparently us not so much and then Another, you know, America's just keeping up with being a dump. Uh, Jersey, New Jersey's jerseys. We have to mention that. their Yeah. Even, even their social media team on Twitter tweeted a picture of a hat that just says hat. And they were like, we need a- <laughs> to drop these next.
1: Like, yeah, it's... It's, it's really bad, I, and it's because they're from New Jersey, like, you know, if Vegas were to just, you know, shorten it to, like, you know, like, they're Vegas, if you just put, like, half of, like, the city name on it, it's not that bad, but it's because it's a Jersey, <laughs> <laughs> like, again, like, it's, like, but you know, they made the joke, like, a hat that says hat, or, like, a shirt that says shirt, but just, like, the font, too, like, it's giving Abercrombie, it's giving yeah. Aripostle, mm-hmm. like,
2: 2007. <laughs> If we're, if we're going back to middle school when we oh all God. had the, like, powder blue T-shirt that had, like, three oh levels of script that said Oh, my Lord. <laughs> on it. That's oh, my what God. Is.
1: the oh. font. the font looks like it, they borrowed it from Aeropostle in, like, 2007. The, the rest of it, like, the numbering um, and, like, the the stripes and everything else, I don't think it's that bad. I saw people do mock-ups where they took off the jersey and put just, like, a logo in that same kind of style. And it looked all right. Like it wasn't bad, but was just that it says Jersey. Um, it's,
0: oh my God. It's another it's one crazy. of those things where like, if a millennial was in that room, they would have noticed that immediately and been like, hey, moron, <laughs> this is a Jersey. Maybe perhaps <laughs> we should at least include new on there maybe maybe let's put
1: devils like yeah like if they were on devils like the script i don't think wouldn't have been that bad if it wouldn't have been something stupid like <laughs> it's so stupid
0: oh my god it's so stupid yeah i true it's it's it amazes me how some people have jobs and maybe they don't anymore May, uh, <laughs> that could have been their last project with the new jersey devils who knows but it Hopefully – so Penguins, there's a lot of speculation around their third jerseys. I know that there was something that was leaked that – essentially the diagonal from the 90s, but it's the black, not the like the reverse retro. It's just the yeah. standard
1: diagonal. I think that was just a fan mock-up that, like, people okay. ran with. Because I know people have been call- – like, the Snoop Dogg jersey, people have been calling for that for a while. Um, yeah. cause the- I mean, because they're not bringing back the 80s, like, golds that they wore – before they had like a pretty awful record in that and like i think Mm -hmm. the players are pretty superstitious when like their their third jerseys because you remember the ones they wore in the 2011 winter classic the navy blue with the with the baby blue Mm -hmm. i mean crosby that's when he got you know the concussion but it was also like every time they wore those jerseys after there was like some major injury and then like that 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 last year where they wore them, they had like a schedule when they were supposed to wear them, and they they cut it short. Like they retired the jerseys early because I think it was like uh, I mean I think Malkin got hurt in it. Orpic, I think he didn't he like break his oh jaw no or am I thinking of like Orpic breaking right. cross his jaw with the shot? Oh
0: maybe. But
1: there there were a lot, and so the the golds didn't bring. The, oh oh, well, when they wore the golds in the playoffs, so yeah, that you yep. can't you can't come back from that. No, so they're new one. Yeah, yeah. I know
0: so many people are, ch- myself included, are really rooting for the Robo Penguin to come back. Like
1: I, I love why, why yeah. not? I love it's, I love that logo. It's, it's so, so great. Good.
0: Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I, it's perfect.
1: I think like we were not alive in that era, but I think like people who are fans because when they when they when they first switched to that. It was like they won two cups and then they switched jerseys and then they have their best regular season team ever and then they, they lose in the playoffs. So I think a lot of people just have associate that with bad memories. I don't I mean I I think it's a great logo. Um we're seeing more in like kinda of those like not late nineties, mid mid late nineties, early two thousands logos, but you come back like My favorite Capitals logo is the Screaming Eagle. Um, Mm. And they did bring that back in their current colors, not the navy blue and gold that they used to wear. But um, I'd I'd love to see the the Robo Pigeon. The one with the gradient. Yes, the
0: gradient. The
1: super, like, 90s. You don't really see a whole lot of gradients in jerseys anymore. Mm. I'd love to see that one come back. But I think more people are rooting for the the Snoop Dogg diagonal. Um, It's just – it's way too –
0: close to the reverse retro. Like I'm not that if they, if they release that as their third Jersey, I'm going to buy at least one, if not more a a handful, you know, I I'm not, it, it's not like it would be if they released Jersey on a Jersey, but I just feel like mix it up. Like, let's get, let's get some variety in there because we did the diagonal last year. So let's, let's get something new. Let's spice it up. And
1: whatever like it is season was great. Yeah, I think if they're going to like go like go to like a throwback, I think it has to be like a throwback exactly, not changing of weird things. Yeah. Like the, sta- the 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 reverse retros were fine, which were the the Snoop Dogg jerseys. But I mean, that was the theme for for that that jersey concept, but yeah. too many teams are like got kind of to bring back half ones. Even the um the 80s jerseys they they were wearing the, the last alternates they were like missing the triangle and it's like the shoulders were weird it's like just bring back like the 80s jerseys exactly yeah um so i'd like to see i'd like <laughs> to see that with like the gradient and like the robo pigeon um i don't think we're gonna we're gonna see that i i, I think yeah the the snoop dog jersey seems more likely i know chris letang has been asked a bunch of times like he he, he hasn't done it in a while but like instagram like q a's of like um people ask submit questions and he's been asked a lot of times like what jersey would you like to see be the third jersey and chris letang is big into the snoop Dogg jersey um and he's made that clear he's tweeted about it posted on instagram and stuff like that so um i think it would make letang happy so yeah yeah
0: well we'll see what they end up doing is there any
1: timeline on when they're going to be announcing this it's just going to be random yeah i hope they just show up like to warm-ups in like these new jerseys one day and like that's yeah. a reveal <laughs> like
2: boom there yeah, it is that's yeah.
1: brilliant yeah that'd
0: be great that, that would be a marketing <laughs> strategy for sure
1: that's <laughs> what new jersey should have done like just mm. <laughs> but to try to bury it like they just yeah. show up like no one
2: look uh <laughs> don't look at us you think these are new jerseys no
1: they're
0: not <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh lord all right well since it is thanksgiving Let's at least wrap it up with some festive holiday nonsense. Taylor, you wrote an article a couple of years ago before the world shut down about some of the Penguins players' Thanksgiving traditions. Why don't you share a little bit about this merry little uh, group of guys and what they did?
1: Yeah, so I the story I pulled up it's from November 2019. Um, so the day after Thanksgiving, they were in Columbus that day, and at the morning skate, I just went around and asked guys like what they did for Thanksgiving. And um, one of the guys who I, who I talked to was Pedersen because um, I mean not American. I wanted to know if you know like the Europeans are doing this too. And um, he said him and, and Hornquist got got together. Um, and it was really funny, uh, cause he said, they're not fully embracing the American, uh, traditions. He said, we really don't know how to do it the American way. So we did a mix of like Swedish and American Thanksgiving, uh, traditions. He said, um, we didn't even have a turkey, um, but we had like mashed potatoes, uh, some sauce stuffing, uh, and it was good. And he said, um, Hornquist's wife did most of the cooking, but Hornquist did a little bit himself. Um, and Pedersen, he said, usually you have cranberry sauce, right? In America, he said, we had lingonberry instead. So, because I guess that's a Swedish thing. Um, and he said, Hornquist made that. It was very good. Um, Pedersen and his girlfriend didn't didn't cook really much. He said his girlfriend made blueberry pie. And then they picked up Oreo cake pops on the way from Starbucks. <laughs> um, but yeah, lingonberry. I was like, what's a lingonberry? And he's like, I guess it's kind of like a cranberry. Um... And they made sauce out of it. He, he was explaining to me, he's like, you can get, like, the pre-made sauce. He's like, if you get it from Whole Foods, it's good. But, you know, like, Ikea, because it's Swedish, they have, you know, Swedish food. It's not just furniture there. They do have a little market section. He said, don't get it from Ikea. It's not good. Um, I still haven't listened to him. I've never bought lingonberry sauce. I also don't like cranberry sauce. But um, it was funny. Like, some of the younger guys, too, like, they had their, like, McCann had a bunch of the young guys over and he said they didn't trust uh he didn't trust himself or his girlfriend uh together to cook for everyone so they just had it catered um like just bought like pre-made turkey and stuff like that so uh yeah I I hope we get to find out like what uh guys do I'm interested to see like I don't know wilkes like all the Finns down there or like run together I mean there's five of them down there I'd love to know like what they're doing because we saw like the Swedes kind of did like a mix. I'd love to see what the if the Finns and Wallisberry do something like that.
0: Thanksgiving is fun. Do you? I, I know Taylor. You're going to be driving, unfortunately, to yes, New, York. New York tomorrow. That's
2: that's a bummer. Jenna, do you have anything fun going on? <laughs> I'm home. Actually, I was going to say the room. Like, I don't know if anybody saw. I just get progressively. <laughs> it's been setting. I'm sitting in my dad's office right now. Um, I'm back home in Connecticut just getting to uh, spend Thanksgiving with my fam, which I haven't done in years, so just kind of having a nice day, and then I'll be back in Pittsburgh on Friday getting ready for uh, Steelers and Penguins and everything that's happening, because you know, <laughs> the grind never stops for all of us. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> It just keeps going grinding and grinding and going and going and going but that's good uh, and yes all, all of us hope that you were having a lovely thanksgiving holiday enjoy it quickly quick, your favorite in- food favorite food favorite thanksgiving food oh good call um stuffing <laughs> stuffing
1: okay i honestly don't like stuffing uh um, i'd have to say mashed potatoes <laughs> fair that's, that's fair. fair i respect it yeah. mashed potatoes yeah. uh second place i green bean casseroles good especially Ooh. trader joe's no free ads but trader joe's they have like the pre-made ones we're talking about but uh my mom makes like broccoli casserole and i i think like it was like last thanksgiving or two thanksgivings ago i couldn't go home either and i just made that like myself and that was my thanksgiving just eating the entire broccoli casserole. that is respectable so i might do that when i get back from new york but otherwise thanksgiving for me is probably gonna be a pizza
0: awesome that nothing wrong with pizza i not mean not at all honestly especially in new york right oh yeah. yeah can't go wrong with our pizza yeah. <laughs> What's more American than New York style pizza, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man. Oh my god. Awesome. Yeah. Well, everybody have a great Thanksgiving. Stay safe. Enjoy it and we'll see you next Thursday for another episode of Podcast on Fifth Ave.